It's the Redirect Podcast. Search industry research, discussion, and analysis from the Black Truck Media and Marketing Headquarters. And now, redirecting you to the Black Truck Team. Welcome to episode 45 of the Redirect Podcast. It is Friday, May 11th, 2018. I'm Jason Dodge, founder of Black Truck Media and Marketing. Joined this week by a whole crew, Patrick, Ashley, and Adrian from the Black Truck team. Happy Friday. Hey. Happy Friday. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hashtag blessed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, now that that we've gotten that all out of the way. See, I'm not always cold. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Man, well, we took uh, we we took a week off. We took a little week hiatus. Ashley was in uh, in uh, Canada. Toronto. Yeah, she's out yeah. of country. Toronto, eh? Yeah. Sorry, and uh, I heard that way more than I expected. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. I don't know why you don't just believe us when we tell you things. Well, I I knew that I would, but on what Saturday it was always sorry and a. I heard it mm-hmm. so much more than I expected. Every time you got bumped into, wasn't it? Well, it wasn't even bumping into. It was like. Um, I dropped my purse as someone who worked at a restaurant walked by, and he said sorry and picked it up and gave it to me, even though I dropped it. So, hmm. yep. <gasps> so polite in Canada. What the hell's wrong with it the U.S.? It was lovely. I, I loved my visit. <clears throat> Did you buy the t-shirt? No, I didn't see one. Hmm. That's probably an American thing. All right, so let's uh, jump right in. A bunch of things happened in the past couple of weeks. Uh... Boy, everything from Google I.O., which I'm prepared to discuss and talk about since that happened this week, uh, industry news, WordStream, the uh, highly, uh, I don't know, used, respected, respected uh, PPC management platform. We've played with it before, too. Pat and I have had some experience there. Uh, they got acquired by Gannett, Gannett, however you want to pronounce them, uh, for a pretty good chunk of money, about 150 million. That's not too bad for a for a, a tech startup. Um, I'm anxious to see what a news company does with that. Well, it's going to drive it into the ground. Well, that's like, I think like I think big you know multimedia companies sometimes well let's say often do. We're talking about WordStream to be mm-hmm. clear. I don't know if you actually mentioned the name. He did. I did. He did. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then I. Yep. I Yep. yep. Sorry. 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 Eh? <laughs> so, so WordStream, the the uh, highly respected PVC management tool, primarily for AdWords and Bing. It's a uh, it's a tool that uh, uh, a lot of small businesses use. Some agencies use uh, to really help them automate and facilitate changes, keep tabs on their PPC campaigns, and uh, make recommendations and changes. Um, it's interesting. I think that that. WordStream, I should say, I think Larry Kim exited at the proper time. WordStream's acquisition from Gannett is is good, also because a lot of those items that were in WordStream, we were starting to see in the beta release of AdWords uh, last year, a year and a half ago, in terms of recommendations and keeping an eye out for things. If you were uh, a knowledgeable uh, PPC manager, 
you should have been able to put the recommendations that Google was making and your own intuition together, probably coming up with some similar um, some similar approaches. So uh, that's kind of cool. But um, on that, Adrian, I know you have another piece of yeah fun our, fun things. RIP clout. So remember when clout was a thing and everyone cared K, about right? your number? Yes. yes. And everyone cared about your number and you know how influential you were in certain topics like. Social media. Boat building <coughs> and other things. Kind of. <laughs> um, and it was acquired. Um, they were actually acquired? In like 2013 or 14 by Lithium. I think I deleted my clout at that point. That sounds rather elitist of you. Oh. <laughs> um, it was the hipster thing to do at the time. Mm -hmm. And so clout was pretty cool for a little while anyway because you could get free stuff right you could based on your number uh, out of a hundred you could be you know more or less influential in a specific space and that earned you free stuff mm -hmm. so um, you had your own domain authority by company and um then you were able to get things like i don't know mcdonald's would reward you with like gift cards and you would try their products first and then talk about mm -hmm. them on twitter or facebook mm -hmm. And so it attached all of your social media accounts to your cloud account and then created a number for the type of um, content that you created mm -hmm. and what you talked about. It gave you a ranking um, for like what you were influential in. Wow. Hmm. And so um, uh, Lithium is sunsetting it the same day as GDPR day, basically which is sort of a lot of people have been pointing to that, like maybe that's part of the problem, part of the reason mm. it's going away, so they don't have to update any of that. Could be. And then allegedly they're turning their efforts to artificial intelligence and also a Twitter client that ranks people also. So you would have a like a, just a Twitter ranking. Almost like an, like an influencer insight type tool of, for Twitter? I don't know. They already have little verified accounts and like there's already ways to kind of judge whether or not people, yeah. I guess. So I don't know. I mean, they haven't, there's not been an article I've read that has really had a good handle on what that looks like. Um, and when they put it out from the letter to their, from their CEO, it was really, really vague. So, well, I think it's it's interesting because people got hung up on clout score at a certain point. I mean, I remember even seeing it on people's resumes that were mm -hmm. they were using it from like a, a social media prowess perspective. And, well, I think, but it never they never really got into what they were what they were shown as an expert in. Well, something right? that I think was what was really important about clout because it gave you a score based on certain things that you talked about a lot or mm -hmm. that people referenced with your. Twitter or Facebook handle. Um, but it's like, it was sort of like the only third party endorsement. It's mm. a good point. So your score made you influential in these 10 or 15 topics. And so, I mean, that made you, that was the measuring stick for yeah. um, influence of social media or Grand Rapids or whatever it was that you probably talked a lot about. And you couldn't fake that because it was based right. on what you were actually right. putting out there. Yeah. Which means apparently, according to my clout score, since I just reauthorized it real quick during this conversation, uh, I am authoritative source on Quicken Loans. So I'm an Good expert on Quicken Loans. That actually came up in mine too, and I'm now I'm curious why that was. Because uh -huh. I haven't looked at that in, a, I mean, probably years by uh -huh. now. Uh -huh. 
The other yes. ones I totally get. It's right. anything from analytics, AdWords, yeah. SEO, Michigan, skiing, snowboarding, totally. web development. Also, Michigan State University, that's probably because mm-hmm. of the whole Larry Nasser debacle, and I was mm-hmm. probably dropping the F-bomb left and right mm-hmm. on my personal Twitter account mm-hmm. about MSU. Yeah, Please. so... Um, there was never any really clear distinction of what was offered to people that gave clout mm-hmm. um, perks, I guess. So mm-hmm. I guess I never really understood how people got what and who got what. Um, Did you get free stuff? Because yeah. I got free stuff. I remember a lot of times when like McDonald's would launch a new product or something, I would always get gift cards or gift certificates for that. I got a wine opener mm. um, once. Um, we got a bunch of free business cards. I remember Moo did a um, social media card with them, which was mm-hmm. pretty cool. And you got a stack of like a hundred of those. Um, we were just talking about the other day in another group. But um, hats, socks, I mean like tchotchkes. Swag. Yeah. So, but yeah, so not, we will no longer know who reigns supreme. Well, I mean, Justin Bieber and Barack Obama are still right up there at 92 and 99, Mm -hmm. so. Well, thank goodness. Yep. We'll leave it at that. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Good, good, good. Who's next? Let's not all jump in here. I'll play. I, yeah, that's fine. Thank you, Honestly, I've never um, heard of clout. That may be part of the problem. Yeah, yeah. You guys are just speaking German mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. Or I think to your point, though, too, Patrick, you know, true, like more like social media marketing professionals cared about clout, but nobody else did. I mean, you know, so you're a digital good. marketer, but you were so using Twitter yeah. there, but the not. The influencer yeah. category. Like, yeah. This is yeah. before people paid people for, yeah. for mm-hmm. that. So yeah. it was sort of the precursor to you know, give somebody a bunch of money to be an influencer on your Instagram. So I'm jumping back over to uh, paid advertising, Mm -hmm. AdWords. Uh, There is, um, I have not seen it yet. I haven't gotten any notification for it. Maybe you've spotted in one of our accounts. There's beta beta testing, um, responsive search ads with three headlines. No, I have not seen that yet. Yeah, so they're expanding to three headlines and taking the long description from... um, 80 characters, up to 90 characters, in, wow. addition, in addition to the third headline. Hmm. And with them being responsive ads, what they're looking to do is um, you set up as many as 15 different headlines in four descriptions, and then through AI, it will build out its own <clears throat> series of ads. Mm-hmm. And you can pin different keywords, I'm sorry, different titles to go with different descriptions, so you don't have any awkward carryover, or if there's, the example they gave was, um, if there's any like legal context that have to go, like legal text that mm-hmm. has to go with a specific title and a specific mm-hmm. description to go along with that mm-hmm. way. But uh, the purpose of this is to, A, test the longer ads, B, get rid of manual A-B testing. This mm-hmm. becomes an A-B sure. test. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's all part of moving towards that uh, AI end. Of Similar the to their suggestion ads that they're coming up with now, yeah. right? I mean, they're enabled and you you just have to go in and say, do I want it or not? Right, right, mm. yes, no. So this is, um, I, I didn't get too deep into it as far as when and who's getting access to it. It's one of those things where I might not see it on any of our accounts for two months, and then all of a sudden by two months and two weeks, we'll have it's it there. on every single one of our yeah. accounts. You know, this is also for uh, responsive ads. There isn't any indication that this won't eventually 
come down to as far as the third the third title in a longer description won't eventually roll out to uh, standard text ads. So this is this is uh, to just to be to clarify responsive ad units. So this is actually for the display network. Responsive text ads. Responsive text ads. Yeah. yeah responsive yeah, yeah. text yeah. ads. Yeah. Which would be which would be in uh, uh, display or display select. Not what we deal with a lot of times in when we talk about paid search, uh, expanded text ads. Those are staying the same. There's no tests there. So this isn't in search. This is in display. Hmm. I might have to get deeper into that and see that. Okay. I didn't, it didn't say anything about specifically in display. That's what I would be interested in to know. if cause typically that the the way that you mention it yeah. is more language used in display network. So that's why I'm curious. I could totally get them expanding it in display. Expanding it in search gets real interesting, right? Right. Because all of a sudden the real estate gets taken up. And uh, what was the source that you were uh, checking out? Search engine land. Interesting. Now I have to look. Yeah. <laughs> I'm anxious to see the link to it, and uh, it'll be great to uh, – to talk about that looks like new no you're right i mean it's responsive search yeah. ads can show three headlines so fascinating i haven't seen anything yet so that just came out this week that announcement this was the fourth this was published so it's mm. a week ago all right well we'll keep an eye on it yeah i mean look at what the same thing with search console they said you get notified we wait 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 and then all yeah. of a sudden everything has it yeah so speaking of adwords Patrick is ever um, cursing at the transition between <laughs> the old interface and the new interface. Mm -hmm. and, um, I just saw that it's been announced that they're going to retire the old interface mm -hmm. at the end of the year now. End of the year. Oh, right. good. So you good. might have another handful of months of uh, yeah. dealing with Great. that. My favorite is uh, <laughs> that Everlove <laughs> signal of a new version of AdWords available. Please refresh mm -hmm. right after you refresh the page. <laughs> <laughs> Always good. Well, I guess we can talk about Google I.O. All right. Okay. So one of the biggest things that stuck out to me and probably many people, and you may have seen a lot of chatter about this on social media, is the duplex development, mm -hmm. which is um, Google Duplex. It's a new capability that they're going to be testing this summer that functions within Google Assistant to help you make reservations, schedule appointments, and, um, for instance, get holiday hours from businesses. Um so you provide the date and time for your reservation or appointment, and the assistant will call the business to coordinate for you. We listened to it here in the office. Mm -hmm. It was very eerie. Super creepy. <laughs> Super creepy because it is a very human voice, and it has, like, the verbal pauses, like mm -hmm. I just said, like, or um, uh, and um, someone speculated that that might be just, like, when we are doing verbal pauses to help us gather our thoughts, that's actually the artificial intelligence mm. trying to mm. better hone the conversation and mm. understand and they're kind of buying time just like we do when we're talking, which I think is really interesting. But anyway, I couldn't find um, in my prep time here before the podcast exactly whether this duplex would interface with any opportunity to make a phone call on the internet, like if they clicked on a phone, if you were to like, you know, use a phone number from a yeah, website, but yeah, I okay, assume Google that it's yeah. going to be with Google My <laughs> Business because there's been all these developments with Google My Business in mm -hmm. the past year with adding the ability to book an appointment through Google My Business. 
So again, I guess it's just going back to one of my hobby horses of, you know, we should all be using Google My Business as a point of optimization and for local and for opportunities like this that might be rolling out in the near future for those Google Assistant users. Uh, that's a really good point. Um, part of that was part of it was very interesting from the technology perspective, but part of it, I mean, yeah, certainly is is pretty creepy in the way that it can interact with you. Yeah, and and Google, I guess. So a lot of people have been up in arms about this because it can be seen as deceptive, right? Because the people on the other end won't know that they're actually talking to a robot. Mm-hmm. So that has all kind of ethical, you know, concerns. But I guess Google has said that it will include an element of disclosure with this tool. Um, mm. So that'll be interesting to see. It still felt very like Westworld. Yeah. When we were listening mm, to it mm-hmm. because it had, um, when, even in a non-traditional, like not straightforward conversation, like the second conversation we listened to was, it still picked up on the confusion of the place that it was called mm-hmm. to make the reservation. The person either didn't understand English very well, or maybe English was the second language, and it figured that, like it yeah. understood that, um, and and got through that sort of awkward interpersonal situation with the you person. Said like, ah, gotcha. Right. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, it was super creepy. Mm. So even with, with that, um, I guess, criticism of the ethical concerns, I've also seen a lot of people praising it as a development because people who might have anxiety mm-hmm, disorders mm-hmm. or, you know, for whatever other reason, mm-hmm. is you know, can't or are not comfortable making phone calls for these sorts of things, then they can use the assistant to help them. Mm-hmm. So it does have hmm. some interesting implications for accessibility. It's a great point. Yeah. I think, uh, did they give a timeline when all that, when that change was going to roll? I mean, over the course of the year, probably. I just saw that it's, they're going to be apparently testing it this summer. Okay. Interesting. That's all that I saw. Well, I think to, to build off of that and kind of to back up a little bit for those not paying attention to the tech industry this week, Google IO was the two day event that happened where Google shares all of the updates and rollouts that they're going to. They're going to push uh, an event that I think is actually becoming much larger than even uh, an Apple product announcement anymore. Um, someone on the level of, uh, you know, Facebook's F8 um, conference as well. Um, so Google posted up on Webmaster Blog um, all the sessions that they felt SEOs should pay attention to. Um, so I did some digging into that. I did some reading as well as watching some of the IO sessions, some of these. And um, it was interesting that a lot of those that, that they were calling out for SEOs centered around security, web performance, load times, web accessibility, leveraging AMP and Firebase for faster sites, uh, using their uh, some tools, Chrome tools like Lighthouse and Chrome UX reporting for monitoring web performance. So all of the things that they list out come back to a couple trends, and that's performance. Hmm. Um, so we've stated it before, I think, in in previous episodes of the Redirect as well as on our blog, that 2018 is certainly, we know it's the year of the mobile-first index that, that is currently in existence, but focusing time and attention on the performance of a site is very much well worth the effort. Um so that's a big, big takeaway. I think the SEOs or even just um, digital marketing communication folks should be paying attention to 
is that, you know, Google's coming out and they're mentioning all of these things, but what they really are rooted in is the performance of a website, you know, uh, as well as the security. GDPR being mm-hmm. one big deal. Performance, does it load? Does it provide a good user experience? Now, going deeper on that, they, they had a couple good ones. I think even uh, Search Engine Roundtable, Barry Schwartz, he called it out. There are a couple that, that probably most should pay attention to. The one I don't really agree with, and that's the one that uh, I think it's, uh, was it Marina? Uh, and then John Mueller, they presented uh, on something that was a little bit more basic, I thought, or very basic. But it was directed more at... I almost want to say it was almost directed more at junior developers, but maybe it's directed at senior developers too around uh, ways in which they can be building sites to improve the presence for search. So they covered everything from hosting environments to CMS selection, plugins being used, structured data, etc. And um, the, the underlying tone there was that John Mueller went on to kind of mention that, that Google didn't feel that they were typically giving developers much insight on what makes a site more search-friendly. Mm. I kind of called that a little bit of BS. I think they've, they've actually always provided that detail. Now, you certainly have to do your own research and not be lazy about it. And perhaps you need to work closer with your local search professional on that to better understand what makes a site function properly in search and not just look pretty. Um, and building on that too, big one is um, a lot of the modern JavaScript powered sites that we all interact with. You you won't know it, but it's usually those sites that provide a really great, engaging user experience. But the interface a lot of times will use a single HTML file and then pull all the details in through JavaScript. The problem with that is a big issue for search. The way that Google handles it right now is, is that, is that they're going to look at that and they're going to say, there's an empty response there to a search Mm -hmm. engine. Meaning there, the, the inability to index that is, is quite high or the, the indexability of it is very poor. The goal is always to ensure that a search engine uh, can understand what a site is about. And right now, Google processes sites like that that are very JavaScript heavy um, in a two-phase process. They will do an initial crawl, and then a second one a few days later that ends up rendering all of the JavaScript. So it's not that they can't, right? Yeah. That The discussion has always been like, oh, can Google render JavaScript or not? They can. They just come out and said, we can, but this is how we've always gone about it. And it's like they're going to look at it initially, and that's what they're initially indexing you off of. And then a few days later, it's coming back in and looking at everything. I don't know if that's a scalability thing. I don't think anybody's really talked about it much. But what it can do is it, it can leave out a lot of really great pieces of content and a lot of depth about what a page or a site can be about. Mm-hmm. So they're supposed to be rolling some things out, uh, what they're calling dynamic rendering. Sounds a little bit like cloaking. Um, but done in a, in a, in a nice way, but in a nutshell, I'm reading this verbatim in a nutshell, dynamic rendering is the principle of sending normal client side rendered content to users and sending fully server side rendered content to search engines and to other crawlers that need it. AKA there's content the user is going to see and only the user. And then there's content that the search engine is going to see. It's interesting. It's almost like a, like a canonical tag. Yeah, so even there's even deeper in, information in here that that's a problem too right now is that 
can, that's they're looking at the canonical tags hmm. in JS heavy sites. So it's, this is totally like some some <laughs> geeky technical SEO stuff. I, I I get it, but but JavaScript meaning things like Angular built sites, which we deal with a number of those here. And there's some. It's very interesting to see like first gen, what I call first or second generation Angular sites, and having to deal with those versus like the most current procedure and how they're loading content and their file and URL structure and stuff mm. and the problems that it can create for search. So, mm. um, I, in my opinion, that's what I would have had the developers pay attention to forget the rest of the basic stuff and focus on these other things. So, um, but everything is just surrounding around. It's just, it's performance, performance, performance. If your site is slow, I think you're going to get dinged for it. Mm. You know, if it can't load across all devices for all people. I'm really good. looking forward to that happening. And I need to see more of it because there's still so many junky sites showing up in SERPs. Yeah, yeah. And it's still going to continue. I, I was on one the other day that still served up a, an M. mobile site, oh, you know. And uh, I was blown away. It was a major it was a major retailer that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call out at this time, hmm. but I was actually pretty blown away that they hadn't transitioned over. Wow. So you know, those large catalogers are going to be the ones that are going to have a hard time shifting everything yeah. over. So, man, so a lot happening. I'm anxious to see what the fallout is from GDPR here in a few weeks, and because nothing will probably happen <laughs> until somebody gets sued, and then we'll go from there. Oh wait, that was me. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man, long live clout. It's a good. It was a good ride. What man. was your clout score? My highest I ever had was a 72, but when Dang. I logged in this last time after a very long hiatus, it was like 50-something. I was 45. I felt pretty good about that. Mm-hmm. 72 versus 45. Wow. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Maven. <laughs> Have you ever... Did you ever... You never no, seen... No, I never got into it. Well, you... There's kinda, still time. I, I would have loved it, I'm sure. I there's still time. Interesting, yeah. The, when was its peak? 2013, you said? It's been a while. I want to say like 2012. Huh. Yeah. 2013, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then it just died. And then it just sort of, yeah. Then people just stopped getting rewarded for things, I feel mm-hmm. like. And so, so it's around really the same like, time that Dig died. Oh, Dig. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. And this year, Dmoz. I mean, Clout, what's next? We just talked about Dmoz yeah, yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. Lots of stuff happening as usual. Until next time, good luck. This has been the Redirect Podcast. Check out the show notes at blacktruckmedia.com and add us on iTunes and Stitcher.